Welcome to the Insurance Brokers Podcast with your host, Sarah Myerskoff. This business podcast is for ambitious brokers determined to grow their business. Our guests are highly experienced industry experts and innovators. This is the place to leverage their success, learn how to break through barriers to growth, and discover a community of support and ideas whilst growing your business. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Insurance Brokers Podcast. On today's episode, we are talking about communication in business. We're delighted to have as our guest, Susan Heaton-Wright. Susan is the creator of the Superstar Communicator Philosophy. She works with the CII as well as global businesses in supporting individuals and teams to create impactful virtual performances. Good afternoon, Susan. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Insurance Brokers Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much for inviting me. I think I'm really looking forward to this conversation because every time we speak, I learn something new. So I'm really grateful. So just for those of you who don't know, Susan and I have worked together before through uh, the CII on uh, various webinars that Susan very kindly puts on for um, CII members. And uh, Susan, tell us about Superstar Communicator. Well, Superstar Communicator is my brand. And actually, I've created my own methodology, which is trademark, just for lawyers' sakes that you know this. And I identified the five key areas that I believe are essential for you to make an impact and be memorable when you speak to others. And it can actually be used for written communication, but my area of expertise is spoken communication. And these five areas are audience, content, preparation, performance, and voice. And obviously I go into a lot more detail in those five areas. But for example, for with audience, one of the first questions we ask is the purpose of you speaking. Why are you speaking? What's in it for your audience? Do you understand who your audience are? Are you listening to them? And we go into a lot more detail with that. With content, and I've done this a lot with the CII over the last year with the virtual workshops that I do, really thinking about how you structure your content so that it makes the most impact, so it's memorable. And there are techniques that we can use with that. And with um, us speaking a lot more virtually, there are things that we need to think about in this virtual world that we wouldn't necessarily be thinking about in a face-to-face situation. One of the reasons I thought it'd be really great to have you on the podcast is um, I talk to brokers day in, day out, and I mean, everybody's almost bored of the hardening market, and yes, we know, yeah. and it is happening. And uh, the changes that are coming uh, globally in terms of uh, digital uh, content, contact, um, audience, engagement, all of these things, I thought it would be so interesting to have your input on what um, uh, independent brokers can and should be doing now in terms of their business strategy and the training of their frontline uh, account execs, their sales team. 
What, what is it they need to be doing? Well, it's interesting that you say about a global market. So from what you're saying, you are, ex you are talking to um, brokers who might be speaking to people all over the world. And this is no longer a phone call. And this is like we're doing now. And we are seeing each other on the screen. And if we were face to face, we would be picking up on the nonverbal communication as well, the gestures, the facial expressions. But when we are um, speaking virtually to people, we need to adjust this slightly so that our virtual presentation on this screen really makes us the maximum amount of Im um, impact. And we have to adjust our performance accordingly, but also we need to think about the content and the fact that it is a, it, it takes a lot more energy brain-wise to watch somebody on screen and really take in what they're saying. So we need to modify our content to make it short, concise, focused, use a number of techniques that I share with clients so that they will remain interested and curious about what we're saying and remember what we're saying. One of um, our USPs and one of the things that we promote uh, and work with clients to do is around your audience segmentation Yes. Uh, and understanding who they are. Now, yes. my experience of many of the, the brokers that I speak to, of the smaller independent brokers, are that they are quite localized and community-based in terms of their client base so and face-to-face and -face is starting to come in now for those yeah. types of businesses but um, the need to be providing information that is absolutely speaking to their business points their business intray their you know whatever's going on in their world is critical yeah. uh, and you've just said something there about listening really picking up on their cues what kind of tips do you have around around that do you know listening i believe is a huge superpower and we know from face-to-face -face meeting you remember those old days when we had face-to-face -face meetings often there was this idea that you needed to speak and you needed to be heard but actually one of the most important things if you're in a service industry is listening and watching to see how the other person says what they're saying. There might be micro um, emotions, micro le leakages, as I call them, that could be, they could be saying something very impactful, but actually they demonstrate that they're really, really scared or really worried about something. So listening to the pain points of your clients and potential clients is really important. It could be that you send a short quiz or a short questionnaire or ask them the question and listen without judging them because it might be that they give you some information that could be critical in the advice that you give and the proposal that you offer is it i don't know if it's the dalai lama uh, but some, whoever, there's a famous quote, you've got two ears and one mouth, use them in those proportions. And I really like that idea. have failed utterly to do it, but working towards it every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So can you give us some examples about, see, I'm fascinated with psychology. Um, can you give us some example about micro leakages uh, oh, that you yeah, could be? I, I knew you'd pick up on that. You, <laughs> I always think, um, you know, if we go back to the idea of personal communication, there is a model which is much misquoted, the Meridian model, which I'm sure you have come across. And it says 7% is what you actually say. I think it, I'm going to get the, the figures wrong now, but I think it's 38% is your, um, your voice, the tone of your voice. And, that, and people can pick up whether you're worried because the pitch of your voice could go higher or you could sound timid, even though you're say some, saying something. And then the rest of it is your body language, the way that you present yourself. It can include your your personal appearance and your what you're wearing as well. But I think of a micro leakage, an emotional leakage could be something like you're saying something, but you've got dodgy eyes. <laughs> or, or, or you you have shifty eyes as you're saying it, or that your the pitch of your voice all of a sudden it goes like this because I'm actually a little bit worried about giving that figure. Um, we come across those, don't we? And if we're not matching what we're saying with our body language and our tone of voice then the person listening is going to have a little question mark that goes on in their head thinking, this doesn't quite figure. We might not consciously think of it, but we pick up on that. And then there's a question and, uh, uh, about what that person's saying. I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here, but you've just uh, jogged a thought in my head. I did some sales training a long, long time ago. And I came out of the sales training feeling dirty. Like I came out and it was very standard stuff, but it was about sort of on the surface was talking about consultative selling and the advisory purpose and, and all of the, the genuine um, um, support-based advice you can give to a client, a potential client, a man on the street, whoever. But it used that as a platform and then talked an awful lot about sales tricks, manipulations, uh, you know, wording to use. And I don't like that at all. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, it, it's, it's your, it's your, your sort of what you think of a, um, the sort of old stereotype of car salesman, isn't it? Definitely. And we've moved so far beyond that now. What advice... So, no, before I ask the question, I had a really interesting podcast with Mike Keating, who is the CEO of the MGAA. Um, and one of the things he said is that the market that we're going into now is a truly hard market. And most of the people in the industry, particularly um, uh, sales execs, account execs, uh, you know, whose job and earnings are based on their ability to sell, haven't experienced this. So, we've got to try and flip it from a, a price-based conversation yeah. to um, a business-based conversation about what your business risks are, um, but, but almost a wider conversation. I want to be your business advisor. And there's a confidence issue in that. So some of the micro leakages, which is my new favorite term ever, <laughs> uh, 
absolutely will portray a lack of confidence. How, what can we do about that to help our, um, our sales staff and our um, uh, you know, people on the front line? Okay, I'd like to go back to that original thing that you were saying about the manipulation. And I'm totally with you on that. There, I'm sure you've come across NLP, haven't you? Yes. Um, that's neuro-linguistic programming. programming. Yeah. And, you know, traditionally you can actually seed and you can manipulate people. I've seen people being manipulated um, or seen um, speakers and trainers do this trying to sell stuff and at its worst it is grubby it's pretty nasty and and i don't like that for that very reason because i don't feel it's trustworthy and i feel that in this hard market the way that we can really engage with people is to build trust and if you've got a if you've got some micro leakages of course the other person is going to have that question mark is this person trustworthy so i believe that you really need to show if you're face to face those sorts of things that can build up trust so eye contact is really important um showing that you are really listening to the other person, maybe by mirroring the body language of the other person, you know, mimicking it so that you are sh actually showing that you're really listening. The other person is going to feel valued. The potential client is going to feel valued. They're going to feel that you trust them because you're building up that bond. Um, asking questions, really empathizing with the, um, the challenges that the potential client has got that will build up trust because if I have somebody that's saying that to me I feel gosh this person really understands what I'm saying here's a question for you um hundred percent you're an ex-law you sorry I don't mean to put you in the hot seat <laughs> oh dear um so this is my question right if I go into a client meeting and I'm thinking about presenting my best self and I must try and mirror body language and I need to make sure that I'm properly engaging and I'm articulating myself, I get myself tied up in knots and the micro leakages become macro leakages <laughs> and I develop Tourette's and some twitches, right? Whereas if I give no thought to that at all, and the only thing I'm thinking about is listening to what you're saying, I am much more natural with, with you, with whoever it might be. And I sort of feel like if I do anything other than that, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not being my integral self. And um, if you don't like me, for that integral self, then we weren't meant to work together. Is 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 the way my head works? How does that fit with what you've just said? Because it could fit, it could not. I don't. I'm asking the genuine question without putting you in the hot seat. You know, you have hit our, a nail on the head that we should always be in the moment. And if you are really, really listening to another person, you are naturally going to do these things. If, say, you're not really listening, you're thinking, oh, I've got, an, I've got another appointment in half an hour, 
you're going to show that and those are going to be micro leakages in themselves aren't they but if you're in the moment having a true conversation and, and a little voice isn't going oh god i've only got 15 more minutes to go on these micro leakages will not occur because you are being true and then as you say if it doesn't work out it wasn't to be that actually they were looking for something else or there was something you know maybe the price did come into it or they'd already got an existing um, provider and they were just going to market to see if there was anything else absolutely I've got um, I work with somebody called uh, Richard Hyam uh, and he um, he talks often often about the Maester and Green Trust uh, equation uh, credibility plus reliability plus intimacy divided by self-orientation and I think that's quite a useful thing it, it, it speaks to what you're saying doesn't it the self-orientation will be the 15 minutes or I've got to nail this because I want the yeah. commission or yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Whereas the other stuff is that genuineness, that I'm genuinely interested in what you have to say and what, what your sort of business problem is. And actually, if I don't think I can help, I'll tell you, rather than that, I'm going to shoehorn this. Yeah, and that is fine. You know, I'm sure that we all, all of us um, that are listening to this podcast, there are occasions when you aren't a good fit. And actually, doesn't it show integrity if you say, do you know what? I don't believe I can help you with this. However, I know a man or I know a woman that can help you. Absolutely. And that will be remembered as well. That shows real trust and integrity and professionalism. And those things are remembered. I think so too. I really think so. Just going back to your five points. Um, so we've touched briefly on, on, on audience and content. Do you want to expand a bit more on those areas and the five points? Because I think what you do is incredible. I, I really do, well, and I'm looking you. forward to working with you from Boston yeah. Tullis. <laughs> well, um, audience, we, we, we've done a little bit about audience. When I work with people, and this is what one of the things that we'll be doing, Sarah, is really thinking about the audience, how we can serve them, how we can hone the messages that we have to them how how can we listen in a proactive way when we know those things then we can think about the content the language that we're going to use the examples that we might use um some some actual points of contact of, of content that will be really relevant to them because we've both been in business meetings when we meet somebody and they've They've clearly not done their homework. They've not found out about us and they pitch to us. I, I, certainly for my podcast, I have loads of people pitching to me and they've clearly, they have no idea what my podcast is about. And it's irrelevant. It's a waste of time for them. It's a waste of time for me. And we're human, aren't we? And we, we want to reduce the amount of time we spend choosing. So if you make it relevant to them and content, it's going to make a difference. And thinking about words that will really resonate with them. So obviously, this podcast is about um, brokers. But if you were speaking to somebody, I don't know, say within the entertainment industry, you would use different examples. You would use different words. 
you'd use different terminology. Absolutely. And one of some of the work that we do is 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 about um understanding the particular industry and then yeah. talking their language. Yeah. And you can only do that if it's in your nature. And some of the, the, the best kind of salespeople that I've come across are, for example, I had a really good conversation with a with an account exec insurance broker who was an ex-motor trade uh, mechanic person and <laughs> dabbled in cars, all that kind of stuff. So he knew that was his, his, his talk and he could go into a garage and, and talk the talk. And I, and I think that's so important. Definitely. And it could be, you know, going, if we go back to audience, it seems to be this area that we, we're focusing on. That's, that's no problem. It could be that in your preparation, um, you look on LinkedIn, see if you've got any connections in common, um, see if there are any things that they're particularly interested in. Did you go to the same university? Um, I know last year I pitched for some work in one of the the big four accountancy companies, uh, firms, and I did my research and the person I was meeting happened to have gone to the same university in the United States that my uncle had been the professor of neuroscience, neuro, neurology. That was the first thing I said. We had a bond straight away. Yeah. something in common. You know, that it, it, it's not rocket science, and yet that was one of the deciding factors in me getting the work, I'm sure, because we immediately moved the business relationship forward to our, a personal level. There was an element of, of trust with that. So here's another question for you. Yeah. What do you do, and I've been in this situation, where the person you're in a conversation with is not as far as stonewally, but very closed, very, very closed. Um, I've been in a conversation where I, you know, I'm just being me and like made something, a joke that I thought was hilarious and got nothing. And it's awkward. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, I mean, I was still laughing at the joke much later on. <laughs> still nothing. What, what do you do? You might ask, check to see if they have got the time to discuss it. Um, try and step round it, say, you know, would, would you like me to leave the information and then we have a chat about it later? We don't know what's going on in their lives. We don't know if in 10 minutes time they've got to rush off and pick up their kids from school or that they've just had um, a really scary letter from somebody or email sometimes we've got to put our our um feet in to somebody else's shoes and think maybe this isn't the right time mm. or perhaps they're one of those people that processes things in a different way that actually what they need to do is to read through the information that you have because we're all different there are some people who will respond to a telephone conversation or face-to-face -face conversation and that's their qualifier but there, as we know there are those people that want to read the entire manual with all the T's and C's before they make a decision. I had a very interesting podcast this morning for um, my other business 
and I was talking to a clinical psychologist and she was describing, you know, children's, those toys where they have different shapes and you have to yeah. learn. She said, everybody's got their own shape. And yeah. when I communicate to you, you receive that communication within your own shape. So if your yeah. shape is a triangle and I give you a square, you will shave that square down to fit in the triangle. And the trouble is you don't know what other people's shapes are. Sometimes they don't know what shapes they yeah. are. And I love that analogy. I thought it was so wonderful and is so true and is so critical to people who are customer and prospect facing to understand that. Absolutely. So we, in a way, need to think of different ways that we can communicate with our potential clients. I always think of it a little bit like um, IKEA instructions. <laughs> You know, there are some people that want to read the entire manual. There are people like me that will put everything out and then I'll have a go. And there are people that swear and give up, my husband. Yeah, mine too. And, and there are people that will look at the pictures and then they will do it like that. Now, there is going to be an equivalent for, um, cl for potential clients and a conversation that you have with them. So the person you mentioned earlier might be one of those people that needs to read the entire document. Mm. And then there are those people that want to have the document look at the nice pictures and perhaps a couple of testimonials and other people that, oh, okay, let's have a go. Yeah. And so if we can think of different ways that we can share that communication with other people, different styles so the podcast is a great one for you qualifying you as a, a bot for boston tullis um it might be that some people want to have your brochure other people will respond to a face-to-face -face conversation others a series of whatsapps i i don't know but think about all of those different options that you could deliver or you could have up your sleeve so that you've got different touch points. I think it's phenomenal that that you're, you live and breathe this as your job because it is so interesting to understand. And I just want to learn. I want to learn and understand it all because, as you well know, that um, public speaking is the next thing that I want to um, to go into. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to where we might go with this. Do you know, um, it's really it's really interesting for me because I was one of those kids at school that was terrified about speaking up in class. There were a number of reasons for that. And you could argue that as a teenager, most people have anxiety of some kind or another. But it wasn't until, uh, you know, even at university, my, tut my moral tutor, we had moral tutors at my university, um, she she said to me a number of years later i can't believe what you're doing now you were so quiet at university but it was only when i went to music college because i trained and was a, a professional opera singer for a, a number of years that i actually realized that it was okay to take center stage to um be able to voice your opinion all of those sorts of things and so one of the reasons why I do this is because I've had a huge journey myself in developing my public speaking to the point that I recently was made a fellow of the Professional Speaking Association. I can't believe wow, it. Wow, that's incredible. 
given the, the the actual journey I've had, because so often people were in the debating society, or they were always the person that was, you know, the lead in the um, in the school play, that sort of thing. But that's certainly not the background I come from. So I'm passionate about it because there are many people like me that are naturally quiet, that perhaps have been overlooked or undervalued because they don't have such a confident voice. Do you know what, Susan? I think what you say and what you do is incredibly inspirational and I really, really appreciate your time in coming to have a chat with us today. I know that there is a lot of stuff that we haven't covered, um, but I'm hopeful that you will join us again uh, in the near future. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have enjoyed what you have heard, have any questions or feedback, please leave us a review and we will be sure to get back to you. If you would like further information on how Boston Tullis Group can support your business, or if you would like to join us on an episode, please do not hesitate to contact us.